The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Amen. Galatians chapter 6. Are you there? Verse 9. Let us not become weary while doing good. For in due season, go back to the New King James, please. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Gracious Heavenly Father, come and mess us up with truth in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Right before the greatest harvest of your life, right before you get the big mega breakthrough, many times the enemy will come and he will hit you with weariness. He will hit you so hard that you'll just want to quit. I call it like the kitchen sink principle. I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before. I hope not. You certainly are in a spiritual one, never forget it. But many times, those who don't have character in losing will, will, will bite people's ears and stuff. We've seen that before, haven't we? You're losing, so we just... This desperate move to try to get ahead. That's the way the enemy is. That's the way the enemy is, that when he knows he's lost and you're, you're almost there. Paul to the Galatians says, don't be weary in doing well, for in due season you shall have a harvest. But how do we handle it when we're punch drunk and on the ropes and he's trying to bite us? How do we handle it? Because many times when you're right before the biggest breakthrough of your life, you just feel like you want to quit. Listen, if you feel like you want to quit tonight, it might be that you're very close to victory. If you feel like you're ready to throw in the towel, let that be a sign unto you tonight that you're very close to having total victory. You've already run one. I've read the back of the book, but we need to walk it out on the earth. It'll hit you with weariness. It'll hit you with a spirit of, I want to quit. Quit giving, quit serving, quit sowing, quit believing. You throw in the towel. It gets you thinking like it's all worth for nothing. It's all for nothing. Where's the breakthrough? Weariness magnifies your monsters and magnifies your mountains. When you're really tired and you're really wore out, everything's bigger. You've got to learn to choose to go on. Jeremiah 31, 25 says this. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Come on, say that. I will refresh 
the weary and satisfy the faint. It says in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I'm going to say it again because I feel like preaching. He gives strength to the weary and satisfies. What's it say? That's right. Thank you. And increases the power of the weak. Is anybody feeling like you need some increase of power? Come on, is everybody feeling like you need some strength? Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Like, what? Your yoke? You know what he's talking about. A yoke is a farming in instrument used to harness beasts of burden so that they can pull something. So God has a yoke. Jesus has a yoke. And it says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I know what the devil's yoke is light, like, and that's not light and that's not easy. I'll never forget, Pastor Kirsten was in the meeting many years ago. I was uh, an intern. And I had a lot of responsibilities. In fact, I was feeling rather overloaded. And I remember coming into a staff meeting. All the pastors are there. As I said, Pastor Kirsten was there. And uh, I was so overwhelmed with the workload and the responsibility I had and so under prayer and so out of it. I just out of balance. I remember coming in just about ready to have a breakdown and cry. I'm in front of all of my peers. Dr. Morocco's there. And he looks at me and says, Daniel... How you doing? I said, uh, 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 if this burden is easy and his yoke is light, what is this? <laughs> What's this, Dr. Morocco? Because it sure doesn't feel like that. He said, oh, Daniel, we need to pray for you. <laughs> he laid hands on me and I got more work. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You've got to learn how to be intimate with God. Many people, after being born again, know not know how to enter into intimacy with their maker. Well, they believe in being born again. They believed on Jesus, that he died on a cross, rose again from the grave. And they've believed on him. They've repented of their sin. They've asked him to come in. They've, they've asked him for forgiveness. He's thrown their sin as far as the east is from the west. And they are born again, as John 3 talks about. You must be born again. Say it. You must be born again. But many people, having received that wonderful gift of the new birth, that, that, listen, that's just the beginning. Listen, that's the beginning. That's just the beginning. Come on, somebody say, that's the beginning. That's the, the genesis of your walk is giving your heart to Jesus. Now you have to grow and mature and learn how to draw from him. Learn how to walk in his yoke. Learn how to have intimacy with him. Learn how to, how to overcome weariness in the midst of the battle. When the enemy's trying to bite your ear, trying to take a piece of you, learn how to overcome. And you know, that can be challenging. New birth. The reality of Christ in you, you in Christ, that's a tremendous revelation. Deity and humanity. Fantastic. But most people never really learn how to go deep with God. 
how to hear from God. And as a result, they relegate their Christian walk to a born-again experience that they had some 10 years ago. But walk in dryness, if they have the, the discipline to come to church, then hopefully they're growing as they hear the Word of God preached. But you've got to grow in intimacy. Many come into the free gift of salvation through faith, yet few enter the, into the joyous relationship I'm sorry. Few enter into the joyous relationship that he has for you on a daily basis. Legalism does all the stuff that on fire in love with Jesus believers do. It just, they do them for the wrong reason. Legal, legalists pray, read their Bible. Legalists go to church. And what I mean by legalism is they do all the stuff to get, to get the favor, to get the love, to get the acceptance. The lover of God realizes they already have the love of God. They already have the acceptance. They already have eternal security. They already have the blessings of God. And out of that, they read their Bible, they pray, they give, they go to church. It's very different. It's not trying to earn his love. It's coming from a place of already having it. Can you say Amen. And there is a rest that comes to those who walk in intimacy. There's a rest that comes. But there really is a horror that's unmanageable, and I, I have lived it, and it was very short-lived for me, thank God. And the horror is this. The horror is being a Christian without the ability to love and enjoy God. I will tell you, that is a horror. To me, that is a, the, one of the most horrible nightmares there could be. Is that you would receive Jesus or a believer who receives the Lord is born again, but they don't enjoy their walk. They don't enjoy prayer. They don't enjoy the word. They don't enjoy going to church. Everything's a labor. Everything is burdensome, wearisome, and tiring. And they're just like, oh, they say, oh, the Christian life is hard. The Christian life so hard. Are you kidding me? I mean, we, I, I think we men have two different gods here. There's a place where the burden and the yoke will fall off. There's a place where joy, unspeakable and full of glory. And you have to learn to, to walk in intimacy with God. To labor to enter into that rest that comes. Now tonight, I want to look at four Old Testament saints. Starting with the life of David. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, I've preached from this text at least a hundred times. In 1 Samuel 30, David is at a place called Ziklag. He is, um, he's got his warriors with him who come. The mighty men of David are with him. He's been anointed as king years before, but he has gone to pillar to post, running from the psychopath Saul, tried to kill him with javelins. And 1 Samuel 30, it says, And David and his men, verse 1, reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag, and they burned it with fire. They invaded it, and they burned it with fire. Understand that this is his house. His family's there. His kids are there. His wives are there. I mean, all of the families of the, of the, 
of the mighty men of David are there. It's his apostolic training center. It's a piece of land that was given to him. He comes over the hill and then the whole place is torched. Next verse, please. Verse 2, if you will. And they'd taken captive the women, those who were there, small and great. They'd not kill anyone, but carried them away. Now, David didn't know that they hadn't killed them. They just know they're all, come on, if you come home and there's a fire, the first thing you're looking for is, oh God, where's my wife, where's my kids? Where, 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 where are they? You're on, you know, on the phone, you're hoping, were they away? You don't know what happened. So they don't, we only know from this text here that they weren't killed, but David and his men don't know that. And if you go further on down, verse 7, verse 6, but David found strength. David, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. And you'll find when people are in grief and people are hurting and people are weary, they will lash out to try to blame and try to fix stuff to people. And so they just want to blame David. And it says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He's three days away from a coronation. Three days away from becoming king. In three days from this day that this is written, he'll be crowned king. He's already got the anointing on him as king, but it hasn't played out yet in the natural. Saul is still trying to kill him. Three days later, Saul is dead, and he's coronated. And the enemy hits him with such a weariness, hits him with such overwhelming... It's Ziklag before Zion. I've taught it to you before. Before you get Zion, you'll always have a Ziklag. You'll always have a kitchen sink. The enemy will try to bite you, try to hit you with stuff, try to wear you out, get you to quit, because he knows three days from now, you're stepping up into something, and it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen. The fulfillment of the prophetic word is just about to happen, so he just plays dirty pool. He doesn't fight fair. David found strength in God. Listen, I'm telling you, the enemy will always send a raiding party just prior to your victory. He'll send a raiding party into your family. He'll send a raiding party into your relationships. He'll send a raiding party into your marriage. He'll send a raiding party at work. He'll send a raiding party into your small group. He'll send a raiding party into your stuff. And if you don't know that it's just an attack from the enemy, don't be weary in well-doing, but in due season, you'll receive a harvest. You just got to resist and submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And so David, David encourages himself in the Lord. And, and if the only time you're encouraged is when you're with the people of God, listen to me, listen. If the only time you're encouraged is when you're up in this atmosphere of faith, and I don't want to undermine this. I mean, this is awesome. But if the only time you feel the encouragement of the Spirit is when you're with a whole bunch of believers, you might have missed something. Because there are Gethsemane moments. There are those times when you cannot find your pastor. You can't find your small group leader. You can't find your auntie or your uncle or maybe your husband. You can't reach him or your wife. You can't reach her. And you have to learn to strengthen yourself in God. Don't quit. Don't be weary. Don't throw in the towel. You're three days away from victory. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. And David learned to do that, and we need to learn to do that as well. That brings me to the book of Judges. Judges chapter 15. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, Judges. Uh, the nursery is open, by the way, for the, any mothers or fathers that want to utilize that, as well as the two and under room there. We do have some workers. God bless them. Can you say amen? So if you want to use that, we're trying to, we're endeavoring to have nursery open on Sunday night so that you can bring your little ones. Judges chapter 15. Samson, strong, anointed, and dumb as a box of rocks. I think Dr. Morocco preached a message called, How Dumb Can You Be and Breathe? On the life of Samson. Because <laughs> really, really, he's, he had issues. In Judges chapter 15, he is um, he's attacked. And he takes the jawbone of a donkey. How many of you know this text of Scripture? And he just busts some Philistines up with the jawbone of a donkey. Let's go ahead and read it. Verse 13. Agreed, they answered. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. Oh, this is fascinating, actually. Because it's talking about the only one that could really tie Samson up with his brothers. Listen, you got to be careful of people that are close to you because those are the ones that can really bind you up. It's like, it's like the ama crab. How many of you know what an ama crab is? How many of you know what crabs are? Anybody go ever go crabbing and you take some crabs? You don't need to put a lid on that bucket. You just throw those crabs in that bucket. You don't need to put a lid on it because the moment one crab's almost got out, someone else pulls them down. And they just pull each other down. And that, that is exactly what Samson was bound by his brothers and it can be a scary thing that it happens. So the only one that binds Satan is his brothers. Anyway, they deliver him to they deliver him to the Philistines. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him, shouting, "The spirit of the Lord came upon him in power." Actually, if you study that out, it's like the the spirit of the Lord put him on like a glove. That's a, you don't want to fight God. That'd be bad. Came upon him in power. The ropes on his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men dude that'd make a movie and Samson said with the jawbone of a donkey I've made donkeys of them with a donkey's jawbone I've killed a thousand men listen now and when he finished speaking he threw away the jawbone in the place called Ramoth Lehi. Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, You've given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Stop right there. We're talking about being weary in the midst of, of, of your well-doing. The enemy will hit you with weariness. Many times after a great victory, the enemy will come and try to hit you too. And this is the case with Mr. Dumb as a Box of Rocks. He has this great victory. 
But then he just is so wiped out, so weary, so tired, he just is going to die. He really feels like he's going to die. And maybe, I mean, we don't know, maybe he is going to die. I mean, a thousand men, that's a lot of dudes, I, you know, with a jawbone. Come on, the, the guy's bad. He's so thirsty. And he, he's in this place called Ramoth Lehi. Do you know what that means? It means the hidden spring. And he, look, he calls to the Lord. He says, am I going to die? And the Lord opened up the hollow in the place of Lehi, and water came out of it, and Samson drank, and his strength returned, and he revived. So the spring was called Enhroke. You know what that means? It's the spring of the caller, the well of the caller. So what does that have to do with me? It has everything to do with you. That if you'll learn to cry out to God, You'll learn to pray in tongues until you have victory. you learn to cry out in the middle of your battle, whether it's before you got the victory or even after. You feel like you're going to throw in the towel. Learn to pray in tongues until He comes like a fresh wind upon you. Many people don't learn to pray through. Don't learn to touch the hem of His garment. Don't learn to do that. Recently, I was given some... some concerning news about a family member. And man, it pressed me. I mean, it's not the kind of news you want to hear, and it pressed me. Meaning when it pressed me, I just was able to turn everything off and just go straight to the Lord and talk to Him and say, I need to hear from you, God, about this. And God spoke to me, and it didn't even take like an hour. It just took enough of turning down all the volume on everything else. You know, phone's off, phone's done. Get away from everybody, maybe. Begin to pray in the Spirit and say, Lord. And he said, son, it's just, it, it's going to turn around. The moment it turned around, I just worshiped like a crazy person. You have to learn to call on him. At Ziklag, at the moment before you're coronated, he'll try to burn your whole, all your stuff with fire. Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Those Gethsemane moments when there's nobody there to help you, can't you pray with me? Can't you pray just one hour, Jesus says? There's moments when people are a stone's throw away, but you're by yourself. And like I said, if you only get your encouragement when you're coming to church, listen, you got to take another few steps in your discipleship. got to learn to have intimacy with God. Learn to worship. Isn't that right, Pastor Alex? You know, I can't stand, I mean, I, I can't stand is not the right word. I don't relish going through great difficulty and pain. I don't like it. But I sure love what it does for my walk with Jesus. There's something about being in a place. You know, when, when there's difficulty. See, if you just disciplined yourself to, 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 to get an intimacy with God, it'll really help you in times of difficulty, in times of ziklag, in times where you feel like you're gonna die of thirst. He called out to the Lord, he did what? He called out to look, in, your, in the middle of your personal hell, there's a well. Here, I don't think you heard me, so I'm gonna stand up on a chair and tell you again. In the middle of your hell, 
There is always a well. God will make a way of escape. He'll make a way out for you. He makes a way in the wilderness. He brings pools in the desert. He brings streams in the desert. He makes a way out of wherever you are. There is no temptation such that has seized you that is common to man. God will always make a way of escape, but many people never find it because they don't know how to pray through. They don't know how to press in. They don't know how to touch the hem of his garment. And so they throw the towel in and just think, well, I guess God doesn't love me. And they quit. There's miracles on the other side of breakthrough. God will never leave you, never forsake you. Don't you quit. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. It's a four-letter word. It's a curse word. It's a curse word. To me, quitting's a curse word. I've been in physical challenges, sports challenges, where I just don't have another ounce to give. And before I knew the Lord, my father drilled into me. He was a Marine. He drilled into me. He said, he said, son, Brackens, don't quit. And so I got this thing on my heart, you know, Brackens, don't quit. But the truth is, Christians, real ones, they don't quit. You can remove their head from their shoulders. They still want. Come on, you can't keep a good man down. Hallelujah. He got up. Uh, <laughs> he got up. You'll get up too. Just don't quit. Come on, look at your neighbor. Say, don't quit. There's a refreshing in every crisis. There's a well in every hell that you have that you might go through. I'm not going through hell right now. Well, it's coming. That's just... Really? No, there's difficulties that are coming. That's like, you know... People don't, you know, people die. Things happen. I mean, we pray covering and blessing. We proclaim the blessing over our lives. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. And then, you know, there's natural things that happen. Sometimes the devil is involved. Sometimes it's just the fallenness of mankind. But when you feel like quitting, when you feel like throwing in the towel, when you feel like you can't take one more step, Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord and know that there's a well in every personal hell. He will always come and refresh you and help you. Come on, come on, say amen. There's like a, I don't think it's wrong to reach for help. I think, I, I, I have got people I'm accountable to. I go through difficult times. Come on, the first person I go to is my wife. We don't have any secrets. We share everything. She knows everything. There's no secrets. We pray for each other. There's times where I just need, you know, I need, we need more prayer. And so I'll, I'll reach to some covenant brothers or my pastor, Dr. Morocco. I'll reach to him and I'll reach to, to staff. We're, we're family. This is not, no one is here for a job. There's not one person here for a job. None of our staff is here because we got a job, that they applied and got a job. We don't even believe in that. I don't think you heard me. I don't even think you understand, so I'm going to say it again. My, I told my father, I said, yeah, Dad, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor full-time the rest of my life. That's what I'll be doing. He said, well, that's quite a vocation you've chosen. I said, what? He said, your vocation, pastoring. I said, what do you mean? I mean, it was, I know what the word vocation is. I didn't know what he was talking about. Your job, you've chosen to have the job of a pastor. I'm thinking, I thought, well, I guess it is. Listen, that, that's, this is the DNA of who KC is. We, we, don't, we don't do, this is not a job. This is life. This is how we're doing life. This is it's a calling. Can you say amen? 
And so I'll, I'll reach to different ones when I'm feeling weary. I need prayer. I'll, I'll get help. There's nothing wrong with that. But if that's the only avenue you have, that's like pre-Reformation days. You call your priest. Look, you're a priest of your own house. Stand up. Come on, stand up, pray. Break through. Pray in tongues. Touch the hem of his garment yourself. I mean, we need each other, but you've got to learn how to do that on your own, too. Spring up a well. Genesis chapter 21. You thought I was going to sing, but I'm not going to. Praise God. Genesis 21. Verse 14. What are we talking about? We're talking about breaking through the barrier of weariness. We're talking about breaking through when you feel like quitting. Let, let the overwhelming weariness that comes, let it be a sign. Let it prophesy to you that you're about to have victory and the devil must be nervous. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so weary and tired. And furthermore, if you're too tired to get up and pray, come on, you, you're too tired not to pray. Did you catch that? I'm too tired for prayer. No, Bubba, get up. Jethro, get up. Get up and start and learn to pray and break through. Somebody said, I need more vitamins. I need to eat better. That, that might be true, but I'm going to tell you, one touch of the Holy Ghost and the fire of the Spirit of God will help you, refresh you, strengthen you, and give you what you need on the way to your victory. Can you say yes? Genesis chapter 21, verse 14. Find that if you will. Early, early the next morning, Abraham rose early, early the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, talking of Hagar, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her on her way. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Verse 15, first of all, let me say that you really know how much anointing you're walking in when you get out of the river of fellowship that you're hanging out in. I mean, when, there, there's a wonderful anointing and a, and a corporate unction, a canopy of grace that's over us. And so you'll walk in a favor to grace simply because you call this place home. I'm just telling you. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, wow, I got the raise. I got the blessing. I, yeah, that's just a canopy of blessing that comes upon us. And I remember hearing this years ago, and they said, well, you really know how much water you have in your skin when you leave and go take a trip somewhere, and you're out of that, and you're in another part of the nation. We took a trip a while back to Colorado. I mean, this is a long time ago. Went to Colorado, and I, I just started feeling depressed, man. I, I, I wasn't reading my Bible. I just... I stepped out of the intensity of ministry and found myself not reading my Bible. I didn't have to go to morning prayer, so I wasn't going. And, and I found myself on like day three, I felt like I was dying. I mean, I was, I was like, man, what is this sticky stuff all over me? I was like depressed. Thinking, man, let me take another nap. How I many you know you can only take so many naps? You know, I was on vacation. I'm going to take another nap and maybe drink some more water and have some vitamins. I still felt the same way. 
So let me have some ice cream. Let me see if that helps me. That didn't help me either. I felt great for about an hour, and then I felt terrible. And I remember, I remember Pastor Karen, I remember telling her, I said, man, I got to break out. I got to break out. I'm just, I mean, this is crazy. I, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta do something. And I remember looking out the window and seeing this lone guy on a, on a uh, like a jungle gym with his boy across the street where my in-laws are living across the street with a school and a playground. And I looked out on the window. I said, that's it. He's getting saved. And so I just put my jacket on, charged straight across, across the street, right at the guy, just walked right up to him, began to talk to him, told him about Jesus. He starts weeping, tells me about his father, has been telling him, I'm telling you, this divine appointment's waiting for you. Led him to Christ. He got saved on the spot, prayed for him. He got, he got so touched and blessed. I, I left that place walking 15 feet off the ground full of the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I realized, dude, why didn't I do that three days ago? And I realized there was not this pattern of, you know, this is years ago. I've learned now, I man, yeah, I stay in the Word. Not because I have to, because I want to. I stay in prayer because I want to. But I also know that that releases in me the river, releases in me the fire, releases in me the joy, unspeakable and full of glory, releases in me strength so that when I face weariness or discouragement, I'm able to bust through. Runners train so that when they're running and they hit the wall, it's called the wall when you're running a marathon, they train so that you can run right through it. You need to learn to run through stuff as a believer. See, what was that? That's my signal for piano. Thank you. So he sends her out with a skin of water and sends him with the boy. Now, the Hagar and, and um, uh, Ishmael, Hagar was the servant slave. God spoke to Abraham, said, you're going to have a son, but I mean, he's over 100 years old and, you know, things aren't working so well for him and his wife. So, I mean, that's like impossible. So the wife, who must have bumped her head at some point, suggested that Hagar, you know, offer her services to carry the promise of the child. But it wasn't God's idea. They're just trying to help God out because they were not patient. So after Ishmael comes, Sarah ain't so down with the fact that homegirl is there and the boy and the whole thing. So he says, send her away. And the Lord says, yes, yeah, send her away. And, and he does. He sends her away. And he sends her with the skin of water. And it says in verse 15, and when the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one underneath the shrubs, verse 16, then she went and sat down across from him about a distance of a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted up her voice and wept. 
I mean, you got to know that she's, she's here with the boy. She's in the desert. A little, the, the boy's lips are cracked, probably bleeding. They're both dehydrated. They have no more water. And she just can't stand to hear the little boy cry anymore. Listen, some of you let go of some of your dreams because you couldn't stand to hear it mock you and cry anymore. So you just put that thing away. And you walked away. And she, she lifted her voice and she wept. Go to the next verse. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Verse 18. Arise and lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make you into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave it to the, drad, the lad to drink. And the final verse there, you can go to the next verse. So God was with the lad, and he grew up and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. You'll notice that her eyes were never open to the miracle till she got up and faced the thing that was weeping and crying. Listen, some of you tonight are here, and you've let go of dreams. You let go of, of things because it was just too much pain to deal with. As Hagar got up and went back at the word of the Lord and faced that, that dying lad and held him. It was then that God opened her eyes and opened a well, a place called Beersheba. Interesting, Beersheba. She wants to escape all the pain that God opens this place. It means a covenant well is what it means, Beersheba, that's what that means. In every desert, in every personal hell, there is always a well. Many people sedate themselves. Many people run and hide or go to food or, or relationship or go to things that can ease their pain because they're brokenhearted. They run away from the thing that, that God's actually called them to embrace and get healed of. Don't be afraid of going through pain. Don't be afraid of fa facing your problems. I've learned, uh, listen, the problems don't just go away. I've learned to confront stuff. I used to be the least confrontational person. I mean, I just didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I didn't want to have confrontation. I don't want to have confrontation. But you know what I've found? I've found if I don't confront things, it's not going away. In my own life, I had to face my own fears, look them straight in the face and tell them to go and start claiming God's word, God's promise, God's love. Start declaring, start proclaiming. I had to face things that just simply ripped my heart out. And when I turned towards them and picked them up, it was then that God began to refresh me and strengthen me. What are you saying tonight, Pastor? I'm saying that, that in, in your battle of doing good, don't be weary. Learn to be like David. Learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Learn to be like Samson, except for the stupid part. Learn that, it, that, that the well of the caller. Learn to call on God. Develop a life of being refreshed and filled outside of service, in your home, in your car. Fill your life with worship. Fill your life with the Word. Come on, cut off the... The Dardashkians or whatever that stupid show is. Come on, stop. 
started reading vampire books and all kinds of, you know, making the God, making entertainment your God so that you could be seduced by the wow factor of Hollywood so you don't have to think about the real problems that you have. So you can see all the, watching all the superhero stuff. I like watching that too, but it's not, it's not so much a, an escape. You know why I think we like watching all the superhero things and the action movies? Because that's actually who we're supposed to be in the kingdom. Supers. I feel like that guy. What's his name? Yeah, the guy, he tried to like get his buckle. Uh, uh. <laughs> Looks like I've done that before, huh? <laughs> yeah, you have too, some of you anyway. Jesus help us. Learn to, learn to encourage yourself with the Lord like David. Learn to call on God when you feel like you're going to quit. After a big victory, there can be weariness that hits you too. You get the big win. There's a big letdown. You'll notice Jesus went away and prayed before and after big victories. He did both. You need to do both. Learn to call on him. Get refreshed. Hagar was sent out with a skin of water. And Ishmael, who's the father of the Arabs, they're covenant people too, by the way. I believe there's coming a great revival amongst that whole nation. I believe that. I believe that. But she never had her eyes open to the refreshing and the salvation that was for her until she went and faced her pain. Listen, people, don't run from your pain. Don't sedate yourself. Run to it. Run straight into that thing with the love of God and ask Him to help you. Ask Him to heal you. Go back where you put that child down. Pick that child up and begin to just trust God with all of that. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. I hope you got something. Very simple message. Hallelujah. Can you sing that? Can you sing that? Is that hell song? In everything. I guess so. Everything. With everything and with everything, Jesus, we will shout for your praise. If you're weary tonight, you just feel like I can't do this thing another stinking week. I want you to come to the front. I'm praying for you. God's going to touch you. You're like, I, I just simply can't do it. I need help. Come, lift your hands. Holy Spirit. Is with everything. Holy Spirit, right now. Oh, God is here by His power. You're in the right place. And our hearts we cry. Be glorified. Be lifted high above all names. For only our King with everything we will shout worship team would you come please Holy Spirit come 
Jesus. Release your power right now. Release your power. you and I've placed an anointing upon you and there is even the gift of evangelists that is being stirred up again. You've disqualified yourself in your own mind, but the Lord says, I qualify you by my blood. I've called you, I've anointed you, and there is coming a great breakthrough for you. It's like the enemy has launched an onslaught on your life. You've been able to overcome in these recent days that the Lord says, I'm giving you strength tonight. I release Tonight, says the Lord, fresh power, authority, and impartation in the name of Jesus. Lord, even that which you have given to me for the zeal of the house of the Lord and able to overcome, I pray, release to her now in the name of Jesus. Fire. Holy Spirit, come.
Come on, just talk to Jesus all across this place. Come on, talk to Him. Oh. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. That's where your help comes from. Come on, make this place the well of the caller. Come on, call on him tonight. Call on him tonight. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's a sun and shield. He's our buckler. Oh, he's a strong tower. Weariness go. Discouragement go. In the name of Jesus. I break the power of the demonic off of people tonight. Suicide, I command you to go. Overcome weariness. Learn to drink from the river of life. Learn to be refreshed when there's nobody that can be found. He'll never leave you. He'll never leave you. Cultivate those gifts of intimacy. Or else, how will you run on the floodplain with the horses? How will you do it? If our strength faints now, how will it be in the real battle? But there are things that are coming, even in the earth, that we're going to learn to stand and decree and proclaim, walk in authority, commanding the assignments of darkness to be broken. When the enemy kind of tries to come in, you point your finger and say, no, no, not on my watch. Come on, you've got authority. You've got power. Don't tolerate stuff that Jesus has purchased for you to be healed from. Don't tolerate things from the enemy. Learn to rise up in your God-given, blood-bought authority and begin to exercise that over the assignment. When you begin to feel like you can't make it, talk to yourself. Shake yourself. Come on, he'll bring you through. Feelings are overrated. Listen to me. Feelings are overrated. 
The Word of God says walk by faith, not by sight, not by your feelings, not, not by the temporal things that you see. Because what you see today, tomorrow could be totally different. For in one day, he delivered his children out of the house of bondage. In one day, Joseph was brought from the dungeon to second in command. In one moment, Paul and Silas, in the midnight hour, began to lift their voice, and God came with an earthquake, shook that prison, broke their chains, opened the gates. Come on, in one day, nothing's impossible with God. He can do it for you. He can do it for you. Come on. It would take some boldness to answer this call, but I feel pressed to do it. I never want to embarrass anybody, but the devil's a liar. And really, there's nothing to be ashamed of. But if you're struggling with suicide, there's a couple people here that have, you're struggling with suicidal thoughts. You don't have to leave that place, this place with those thoughts anymore. Won't come to you at night. You can be freed from that right now. If that's you, I want you to come meet me here quickly, quickly, quickly. Quickly, I won't wait long. Suicidal thoughts. You've had the thought of be better off if you didn't exist. Come on, if you're here, you want prayer, you want to get rid of that, step out from where you are, come to the front right now. We'll wait just a moment. If that's you, I want you right here.
this go. Divorce, I break the spirit of divorce. Oppression. Infirmity, go. Blessing of God, come. Strength, come. Weariness, go. Jesus' name. Put your hands together for God, won't you, all across this place. Come on, lift up a shout of praise in the house of God tonight. Come on, lift up a shout of praise in the house of God. Lord, we thank you. Hey, 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 hey. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God, and you need to be. You know it. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him? If that's you, you want to be included in this prayer, lift your hand and do it now. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else? Lift your hand high. Make sure I see your hand. Where are you? I see that hand in the back. I see that hand right there. God bless you, sister. God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. Lift your hand. You want to get right with God. Online, perhaps. I see that hand. Online, at home, by podcast. Pull your car over. Pull over. Pull your car over. Stop. Put on your hazards. Get saved right now. Get right with God right now. Do it safely. We'll wait for you. All right. Pray with us. Everybody, you lifted your hand, or you didn't and you know you needed to, or you're making an affirmation. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place. Oh, let's say that again. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I believe he rose again on the third day. And I ask you tonight to forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. And make me new. Give me a hunger for the Word of God. Help me to know you. To grow in the knowledge of God. To have an intimate walk with you. Fill me full of your spirit. Break every chain. Break every bondage. Every generational curse is broken by the power of the blood of Jesus. I'm free. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm on my way to heaven. The devil has no part of me. I'm born again. I'm made new. (laughs) thank you for loving me and thank you for hearing my prayer come on put your hands together for Jesus come on put your hands together for God come on hallelujah now Holy Spirit I pray fill and touch and bless each and every one come on you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language go ahead and do that right now
Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Spirit. Service almost over, just a moment longer. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you've not been filled with the Spirit, let Him fill you right now. Be filled. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together one more time for God. Take someone by the hand. Let's close tonight. Thank you for coming. I hope you got encouraged and strengthened. Don't be weary in well-doing. He releases strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. The Apostle Paul said it this way. His strength is made perfect in weakness. For when you feel like you can't make it, that's just when he loves to show up and show off. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless these now. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Wednesday night, revival continues. Bring somebody. Ministry to the whole family. Amen. All of you ladies, if you didn't sign up, would you please see a Tammy Choir? Would you help us with registration for the women's encounter? If you didn't sign up and take care of that, it starts Friday night. We love you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.